Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Fear Alchemist. I am your host, Ben Harris, also known as The Fear Guy. Thank you for being here. Today, we have my friend Sadie, and we're talking all about becoming friends with fear. How do we do it? Why do we do it? Yeah, really emphasize why in the hell are we becoming friends with fear? Because it's going to change your life. That's why. So this is going to be very insightful for anyone who really doesn't, who feels stuck in fear, who wonders, who has been taught that fear is bad. You should avoid fear, stay away from fear. We also talk about parenting quite a bit. I coach Sadie at the end because she's in the middle of a big launch right now. And she has this big goal she's trying to reach. So we talk about what's standing in the way of that. So if you are a coach, parent, really anyone who wants to break free of fear, of course, you're being here for a reason, but this is going to be extremely helpful for you. If you don't already, please subscribe on YouTube, become a follower, subscribe on pod, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the things, leave a review so other people like you can find it so it can be recommended to them in their feeds. It means the world. Thank you for being here. And without any other stuff to talk about, let's get into it. Sadie, I am so excited to be here because just so everyone knows who's listening, I have people fill out a form when they schedule a podcast and Sadie put the fear of cannabis gummies. So that's our main conversation for today. Yes. <laughs> I know I that's probably a deep story and that sounds super random, but you just want to give like, <laughs> so that's not just like, what the hell did Ben just say? I'm curious to know this backstory of Oh, man. I love that we're starting there. We're going to start with something funny. Well, for the record, I filled out the form twice because we had to reschedule. So I was like, I'm just going to do something funny, but I actually do. I'm like, I've learned that that's not my medicine. So I'm just going to say goodbye to it. Specifically or gummies? Mm -hmm. I mean, cannabis gummies, specifically in gummy form. Okay. Um, but I actually really don't. Cannabis was a beautiful healer for me for a couple years, but I actually don't use the medicine anymore. At least for right now, it's not calling to me, but this last summer we were hiking in Coyote Gulch. I took a, gum, a gummy and it just was really, really bad. I really had to focus on my breath for a few hours. I've, not, I've never considered, never really had a bad trip. I've sat with grandmother um, 20 times and she's saved my life. I mean, I've been through the depths of hell and back with her. I'm so grateful for that experience with cannabis because it taught me a lot of lessons um, and I will never go there again. It was so scary. It was so scary. I was like, just breathe. You're alive. You're going to be okay. As I'm in like a crevasse. I don't know if you can't, you know, Canyonlands, but yeah, it is literally. It's awesome, but that'd be terrifying. It really was. I learned a lot. So for people who don't know you, I think it's smart to just give a quick intro. Like if you're meeting someone for the first time, I'm curious, what would you tell someone? Like if you meet someone in the grocery store, how would you describe yourself? The really elemental, elementary, easy way um, is that I am a women's wellness and business coach little bit more of a backstory. I was a labor delivery nurse and then I moved into fitness coaching and then I had a spiritual awakening at 2015 and everything just exploded. And my foundation of self-love became inward instead of outward. And ever since then, um, my mission on this life is to help women come back home to themselves. And that's what I do. I have an app and I run courses and we run retreats and Dang, that's very, very well just succinctly put. I'm impressed with that. And it's, you've been doing it for a, a while because you started in 2011. So roughly 13 years when I first was married, I'm from, I have 14 siblings in a mixed family. Oh, I did not know that. Or I don't remember yeah. that. I have to say this too, since we're talking about family. So my mom and dad were married. My dad left her for a man. He is gay. And back then it was like, 
whole thing. Now we have an incredible relationship. And then my mom remarried and he had six kids. So there's 14 of us all together. We always connected through blogs. So when I first got married in 2008, I was 20, registered nurse, and I just blogged to, as a journal and it just con continued to evolve. And I remember the first time I saw somebody blogging for an audience and I was like, I'm supposed to do that. It was like, it literally activated codes within me. So I had an Etsy shop with Rosette headbands. It was so bad. I had like little girl hairstyles on Pinterest. That was my very first viral post. I've been through, I mean, the evolutions, but I've been doing this for a really long time. My very first course I put out was an at-home workout program for moms. And that was about 2013. It was free. I got like millions of downloads on Pinterest. I got pregnant again after going through evolution with body dysmorphia and drug addiction, losing weight, and then realizing I'm not happy that way. Finding spirituality, finding hypnotherapy, yoga, got pregnant again with my beautiful baby who just waited in heaven until I was ready, made a course out of that. And I just continued to share, really sharing. Simply Sadie Jane is really me sharing what I've learned in my life and packaging up for women to learn from it as well. That's cool. And like similar with the blog, it sounds like, right. Of like the code that you felt, I imagine it was just like, like you said, sharing and the word that I heard was like vulnerability. There's definitely one very vulnerable. For, I mean, that's definitely a yeah. thing that most people, you know, can spot or see nowadays. Mm -hmm. You're definitely not just like performatively vulnerable. Of course, there's things that are private and, you know, we don't share, but I feel like your level of depth of vulnerability is deeper than most or more raw than most. It's definitely, if there's been one consistency in SSJ, it's the been, my, my mission's always to help women. And then also that I connect through vulnerability. I think that's the only way that we've been able to gain this relationship together. Before we started recording, you said me and fear are homies. Yeah, and I'd love to ask about that because that's essentially my whole premise and is to like, because most people, you know, fight fear, they avoid fear. There's this really like fuck fear mentality where it really only makes it worse. Like I believe that the more you fight fear, you actually get more afraid and mm -hmm. the worse it gets. Will you describe, I'm curious, like what is your relationship to it since you said you're homies with it? First, I think it's really interesting when I found your page, this First of all, it's brilliant because to be so niche into into a actual foundational truth that we all have to move through, and and it's actually literally the very first thing that I train people in, and that I process people with, and that my clients specifically, and even at my retreats, it's the first thing we talk about because it is the first thing you have to move through. And if people can push through the fear to even sign up for something like that, right? There's still that underlying. So I've taken a lot of certifications. We can go into that, but. I've learned the connection and my relationship with fear specifically because I've lived and pushed through it. And I'm not kidding when I say every single moment in my life that has been a catalyst turning point, evolution has been met with fear, has started with fear, has literally fork in the road. Where do I go? And there's fear. And I know it's that way. And what's funny about this, my relationship with fear is that it doesn't go away. I know it's because I'm consistently going to my next edge. That's my Capricorn in me. That's my ego projector in me. But as I've continued to grow my relationship with fear, fear, is it male or female? Fear has become a friend. I'm like, he's become a friend. Of course, I would think he's a he. And 
a lesson. I had to remove my conditioning of what fear actually meant for me because I had a false belief of what it was for many years. We go into that. I'd love to hear about that. Yeah. So in my upbringing, specifically in religion, um, I think that they really manipulate fear in my experience. Just for, just to clarify, I mean, you grew up Mormon, right? Yeah. So I'm still in the flow of religion in my own way. What I was raised feeling fear was is much different than I explain now. And when I say they teach you to fear fear, I don't mean it in like a narcissistic, funny way. I literally mean in the way that, that they literally tell you to run away from it. That if you see fear, it's actually Satan. I don't actually believe in that anymore. I don't believe in that the darkness is bad. I believe that we all have light and dark. That's like a whole nother esoteric conversation for another time. But I find this a lot also with my clients and the women I work with. People are so confused as to what fear actually means that they fear it so badly to the point that when they see it, they don't actually see it as a signpost that they're doing something right, which actually it is. They see it as, oh, run away. So I've had to, this has been a consistent mind fuck, honestly, my whole life, right? Where I'm like feeling fear. This means I'm, I'm doing something wrong. I have to run away. And then spirit, God, my guides, my higher self consistently tell me, and I've learned to listen more and more, consistently tell me, keep going. Like this is a signpost, push through. And every single time I have pushed through, I have had the most exceptional, extraordinary, mind-blowing, evolutionary experiences of my life. And I would not be on this podcast or I would not have my successful business and I would not be who I am without fear and without becoming homies with fear. That was a freaking clip right there. (laughs) (laughs) Well well said. I love that. So like, I mean, you're speaking my love language, right? Like this stuff really just like, yes, like, and how clearly you explain it. Very few people... understand it even as many quote-unquote successful people i've talked to they might understand it intuitively or they don't even know what they're doing or a lot of the time i find that like successful people actually get success in a way that because they are afraid in a way it's kind of a it's they actually become successful because they're actually afraid for just like a quick quick example right is like someone is afraid of like their father And Mm -hmm. so they're trying to prove something against their father. So they're actually coming from a fearful place, like a proving forceful place Mm -hmm. instead of like a loving place. So they might reach the success that they think they should have received, but it doesn't feel meaningful Mm -hmm. or fulfilling. Mm -hmm. So that's what I've seen a lot too, is like, you might be quote unquote successful, but you've come from like a fearful place instead of like following your heart. And you explained it perfectly. What was, do you remember one of those first moments that you were like, oh, fear isn't a bad thing. It's actually what you said. It's it's a compass. It's literally showing me my edge for expansion. It's an invitation for growth. Mm-hmm. Like, do you remember when you when that clicked? I imagine it's been a process. But what what was one of those first? Like, ooh, like this is it. I think it's interesting. I'm going to kind of touch on that while also talking about the point you made about people and success because it definitely didn't happen overnight. In fact, I think the time it finally clicked was just last year. Um, because of these new edges, but I think it started clicking. Well, I guess there was a little bit of faith grown every single time I pushed through. Um, I'm going to give a really interesting example and then I'll go into the business side of it. But even my, mm, 
I used to get reprimanded for showing my stomach online because like, I come like people online or family or what? Both. Okay. Yeah. Came, coming from a very conservative background. And I just had a knowing I was scared because I was afraid that I was going against God, but I had a knowing that it was going to be okay. And so I trusted that knowing and I pushed through the fear. And, um, for example, like multiple comments of women saying, oh my gosh, thank you. I feel so seen. It was like a before and after photo. This was back when I had like body dysmorphia, but I was showing my stomach and showing my stretch marks. I was showing relatability and vulnerability. So that was like one of the beginning foundations. In fact, including going against at that time, my husband saying, you should not, not be posting this online and saying, no, actually I can, I know I have a feeling. So I really feel like fear and I, like, it's almost like I keep saying he, I'm, I guess he's going to be, I would say it's a he too. Yeah. Um, he keeps meeting me where I'm at and he's like, okay, I see that. And it's the universe too. I mean, they all coexist together. So they're saying, okay, here's another not a test, but yeah, let's see this edge. Um, and it didn't become really clear until I had to go through a lot of, um, man, how do I even explain this? Now let's go back to that successful person who I think I was driven by that kind of fear for most of my life. Um, the fear of leaning on my husband's income, the fear of leaning on someone else's income. And so I wasn't able to be truly myself. Um, the fear of not being seen or approved of not just from my family, but also from community, right? This is also driven. I think a lot of people to get certifications and education and, uh, fear of not even being loved unless they're proving themselves. Right. Definitely was in that boat for a while. And then I, without, I can't really say too much legally, but I got into a lawsuit with my business it was my most successful year. There was lack of communication, lack of contracts and boom, 18 months. It's like over $3 million lawsuit. Um, and it was terrifying. And I had to choose whether or not to make fear once again, was I going to let this drop everything? So this is what's interesting about this though. This fear showed up so beautifully that it said to me, are you willing to really be in your power? Oh dear. I do not know how to turn that off. I didn't hear anything. Oh, good. Cool. Mm -hmm. Um, am I willing to be in my power? Am I willing to be like literally meet fear as I am? I hope I'm making sense. I hope this is making sense. Or am I, am I willing to say, Oh, fear is going to win. And I'm going to just like drop it all. Because at that point it was so bad that it almost ruined Jeff and I's marriage. Jeff was like, what did you do? We don't have money for this. Like this little side project of yours, this little business, look at what it's done now. Mm. And it just divided us completely. And am I going to, do I actually trust myself? Do I actually trust? Am I going to now choose fear in a healthy way? Because before, okay, so follow me here before fear was actually holding me back. And I allowed people to come into my space. I didn't have boundaries. I was doing things in like the correct way. The lawsuit really was a way for me to say, okay, actually I'm going to allow fear to teach me and I'm not going to be afraid of it anymore. And I'm not going to play by everybody's rules. So it wasn't just a lesson in entrepreneurship and contracts, obviously, but it was also me to say, I'm actually not going to listen to anybody else or what they feel fear is. I'm going to listen to what I know fear is, which has always been a signpost always 
Does that make sense? Yeah, that's freaking good. So I love Hi. the lawsuit example because I think that's such a perfect... Have you read this? I imagine you read the surrender experiment. I have not. You haven't? So he actually talks about his lawsuit. Did you know that? So you might... You'd probably connect with it. So... Okay, I need to read it. I don't know if anyone has read The Untethered Soul. It's Michael mm -hmm. Singer. Okay, I read that. And then so he he wrote a book called The Surrender Experiment and he talks about his lawsuit. And I think he you would connect with it, I imagine, just because it's just, he, he just talks about trust a lot and just how like, you know, he's this spiritual meditating dude and all of a sudden this lawsuit comes. Mm -hmm. and, and that's such a real example because that really is like something out of our, I don't want to say out of our control, but prior to that moment, right, is that we didn't see this coming. And it's like, we can't control other people. And so like a lawsuit is just like, bleh. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, that's energy. That yeah. So shitty. Honestly, just like, it really is like, yo, bro, I'm just trying to like help people. Like, let me just do my thing. And literally so, my own story. I'm like, you're going to claim ownership of that. I feel so confused. Yeah. Yeah. And so for you to look at it that way and like to go like 18 months, like lawsuits aren't short. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like I love that example of using it to teach you and back to your husband. And I imagine a lot of other people, right, is that would provide evidence usually to now listen to the fear as far as like to hold you back because it's like, oh, look, like everything like this is a sign that it's not going our way mm -hmm. or it's just it's right. Feeding the ego of like, look, you should hold back. You should not be doing this thing. And, and so I imagine you've like you heard those voices like, are you just someone that's just like, for whatever reason, you just like have to follow. Like, I'm just so curious, like with all those different voices, is it just your connection to God? Is it just something within you? Like what like allows you to continue to expand and to step after step and do the thing when everything, like every logical reason would say like, Sadie, don't do it. Yeah. That's a super good question. I'm really grateful for my spiritual upbringing because I've always believed in a higher power. Um, like to a point where it was probably a little neurotic when I was young, I would write letters to God and I'd put them under the church pulpit thinking that like angels would take them to him. That's awesome. And I would sit in my bed begging, like, please, can I see you? Please. Can I see you? <laughs> and I, I, as much as I had so many siblings, I felt alone much of my life. My travel, my parents did the best they could. They traveled a lot. There was just so many moving parts. Um, so I was alone a lot. So prayer was my tether um, to my worth, really not feeling alone. I it was, and there were many instances, I've always been very um, clairvoyant. I didn't know that back, th back in that day, I always cut it off because I had some scary experiences, but when I let it in, um, I'd feel quite literally as I prayed um, heaviness on my shoulders that I wasn't alone. And I think that carried me a long time because even in the 12 years of our beginning of our marriage, so we've been married for 14 years now, literally for the 12 years of marriage, I was alone for a lot of it. And if Jeff was here, he'd say the same thing. We were consistently like this because I was growing in different ways. And he was, I, he was, he was scared of who I was becoming. And I, felt alone for a lot of it in the physical sense. I've always felt carried in the spiritual sense, whether you believe in God or ascended masters or ancestors. Um, and whether it was just a made up thing in my head, it always carried me. And I also think this has to do, I'm going to get human designy with you a little bit. Love it. I think it has to do with human design a little bit. So 
Um, I won't go too far into it, but I'm a, I'm very, very open in my design. I'm a four, six ego projector. So the only two defined centers I have are my identity and my heart ego center. And I think that that carried me a lot, even though I didn't really know who I was for so long. And I had to decondition all of those things for so many years that carried me because even as a young person, I remember thinking I have a voice and I'm supposed to share it, which is wild Mm. because every turn at literally every turn, someone was telling me you're not special. Like who, why, why are you sharing your voice? This is uncomfortable for me. And I was so cringe. We've all had those moments, right? And I just kept going and I just knew that I was supposed to share my medicine and it's evolved a lot, but I think that that's really, even through so many evolutions and through so much uh, change and I have them imperfect and I've quite literally grown my audience as I've grown and as I've made uh, choices that have had intense consequences um, all for the betterment of not just me but also my community because those and now I'm teaching literally how to set up legalities at the beginning of your business right it would have never would have really never sunk in if I didn't have that experience um, and I just believe that we're all vessels of experiences. And if we're brave enough to share our medicine, then we can all learn from each other and just progress together too. Mm-hmm. So man, yeah. that's really good. And I feel like, so you said something I just want to highlight. Someone shared with me the other day, oh, they were interviewing me on a podcast and they're asking me about fear or whatever. And I essentially, I talked about the through line that like kind of similar to you is like, I just did the thing, right? It's like, <clears throat> no matter what, it was just like, somehow I just felt called to it and they described like oh that's usually like your dharma you know like the thing that you're supposed to be doing is just like there really is no logical explanation it whether you get encouraged for it or not like you get reprimanded for it like and you always just like drawn to this thing and it's like easy for you and that's usually you know the thing that you're supposed to be doing like that's what you came Mm -hmm. from like here to do and and i know you do this and I, i imagine this is a big piece of in your new mastermind, Sacred Rebels, for mm-hmm. like tapping into that medicine, like and sharing it. What was for you, and like you said, many levels of evolution, but what was, I know it's probably a few fears too, but can you pinpoint one of the fears of like the thing that actually held you back potentially the most? Like, cause I know there, there's always little fears that like get in the way and questions and doubts and concerns and hesitations, but what was the one that actually like was it judgment? Was it being seen? Like, what was the thing that actually like, like, uh, delayed you the longest? Yeah. I think there's two, there's two ways to answer that question because I also hear you saying like, well, this is actually a completely different question. So maybe I'll answer the first one, but I was thinking, I was, I was thinking even as you were saying, like, cause I had a fear, what drove me to push through all of it was the fear that other women would experience and live the way that I felt and they wouldn't have anybody to look to and they'd feel alone too. So that driving fear, I remember thinking, I will, I, I will never go like that's Dharma, right? That's like medicine. I do not want to live my life knowing what I know now, knowing that there's women back there struggling and alone, trying to figure out where do I go? And this is like, not even spiritually. This is, this is feeling a slave to their body. This is diet culture. This is 
society. This is patriarchy. This is relationships and feeling less than this is feeling like they have to only have babies, which I have three kids. I'm obsessed with motherhood, but not feeling like they have a choice that drove me. And then, um, and then of course there's like, it's so interesting because there's always so many different kinds of fear. Right. And then there's the other fear of who the fuck do I think I am? (laughs) Who do I think I am? Truly Sadie, you're a country girl from Idaho. There's 14 siblings, you know, you, I mean, who are you? And I think that that fear is probably the most consistent that has come up over and over. And, you know, it's the imposter syndrome. It's the, that we all have. Who do you think you are? <laughs> yeah. That's probably showed up the most. Mm. And so how, how has it usually held you back in the most? Just like you question or you don't step into your power? Or how does it usually sabotage you? Um. So I, I feel like it's held me back. Okay. So this is how I feel like, because I always feel like I've pushed through. However, I feel like it's held me back because I've, I've always compensated for imposter syndrome by feeling like if I can be, if I can identify or be described as something, then I won't have imposter syndrome. So let me explain. If I am a fitness influencer, people will think I'm relevant. If I am a spiritual influencer, people will think I'm relevant. If I'm a spiritual coach. So I, it's taken me many years to trust that I actually have unique medicine and I'm paving my own path and I'm not going to be in in a niche and I'm not going to be, um, somebody who people can be like, Oh, she's a fitness person. Oh, she's a, this person. Right. Um, so I let it hold me back to, for a very, like literally until maybe the last couple of years for me to say, actually, I'm just going to carve my own path. And I'm going to be a wellness and business coach. And I'm going to choose what, what not as niche. Like I'm not the fear guy, right? Fear is a thing that I teach, which I actually think is amazing. Mm-hmm. Keep that. But <laughs> I just couldn't, that couldn't be me. I just couldn't do that. And I know that that has to do with all of my open centers too, because I'm consistently feeling all of this different information. And I'm like, I want to teach that to somebody. And now with sacred rebels, my mentorship, I'm literally teaching people how to find their unique medicine by elemental coaching certification, right? By like learning all of these different pieces of who they are. And then eventually they get to um, own their own essence. And that's really the Aquarian age. That's where we're at now. Yeah, right. And like what you just said about yeah, owning your own essence, because from what I've found, right, is like this imposter syndrome or the need for certification or the need for a title or the need for like, obviously nothing mm-hmm. is wrong with training. Like if you don't know how to hold space for trauma or like mm-hmm. i feel like we all i don't want to say we all i th- like we all have unique gifts you know and so it's like maybe if you, if you don't have that naturally or innately like for sure go learn about it but from me and it sounds like you too is like like what i've done so naturally and that's come easily for me like specifically like with coaching and even like with fear is like it's it's when it's come so naturally is because it's like i already know how to do it and mm-hmm. so it's, it's like, I know it's in my DNA, mm-hmm. but obviously, right. We're told like, well, you need this and need that like to do the thing, whatever. And so for people who are, again, nothing's wrong with like, you are doing a coaching certification. I have a coaching certification and it's like, there is value in those things, but it's like for someone who's waiting or hesitating because it's like, 
I need this one last thing, or I mm. need this to feel good enough. Cause that's really what it is. Right. It's like imposter syndrome is just a fear of not being good enough or being mm -hmm. unworthy. Mm -hmm. So for people who are just waiting mm -hmm. to feel, it's like, I just need one last thing and then I'll be ready. Or then I'll be, then it's time. Then I'll be smart enough. Or people will actually believe what I have to say. And like what you said of like, feel relevant. What is I like, I'm not sure if advice is the right word, but what would you say to at least the, the, the you that was just like waiting or questioning her power in essence? Yeah, I think anything that is going to bring you closer to who you are inside is is correct for you. Mm. Uh, and that's hard to decipher, right? Because people will be like, oh, well, this education then in this. But if you're feeling like, okay, so if you're just feeling like maybe a certification is trying to fix a problem, there's no problem, right? Um, and, you know, you found your dharma even without you maybe at the beginning even realizing it because this really quick human design again, because I asked you, you have a completely open spleen center and that's like the fear center. So that's the empathy piece. So I definitely think without like saying all praise to human design, because it's just a piece, you get to learn so much and astrology and your gene keys, like learning about your specific essence is where we need to go is where is where you're going to find your center the most. And there was another thing I was going to say, oh, I don't know if this is the answer, answer your question, but I feel called to share this. So I was in a grandmother ceremony about a year and a half ago, and I was asking for specific guidance on this Simply Sensual course that I was teaching, which is all about helping women come back to their sensuality and sexuality. And I was in ceremony and I was seen in this huge room and I was in the middle of this room and my back was hunched over and I was in a book, reading a book, and there was millions of books around me. And I was there and I could see myself just hunched. Like you could see my spine was like all bumpy. And I just like, my hair was in front of my face and it was just dark. Right. And I was so consumed. I have always been so consumed with outside education. And I remember telling myself, sit up Sadie. And I sat up and I rolled my shoulders back and I let my lightning rod, my connection, my spine open up to spirit. And immediately my crown chakra opened, my root got grounded to the earth. And I was connected to my knowing because we're consistently connected to our knowing. It's remembering that we're consistently connected to our knowing. In fact, the only reason we think that we're not is because we're told that we don't know already. So consistently finding people that will help you remember because you know, you just don't remember. And so it's a consistent remembering and knowing that that's enough. In fact, it's not just enough. It is literally our purpose on this earth to come back to our unique DNA. Boom. Okay. I love this so much. And it's like, Ooh, yeah, I got, Ooh, I got chills when you were talking about the lightning rod. Cause that's like what you said, right? It's like all of us just reconnecting to that. It's mm -hmm. that's what we're, that's what we were, we are here to do. Mm -hmm. This just popped in. I'm curious. How have you noticed with your kids, like with what, you know, of course, we're all going to experience challenges and hardship as humans, but how have you noticed with your information and awareness to allow them to just remember it maybe more easily or quickly than yeah. you have. My kids are wild animals. <laughs> I think that that's the first step. Um, accepting the, the accepting. Wild yeah, because I think that that really, I mean, if we think about it in like the animalistic sense, because fear is really, it plays with that a lot, right? Our front, prefrontal cortex, they don't have that as a child. And so they see fear differently. 
And so if you can allow yourself to trust them and teach them to trust themselves, my kids are jumping off of, and I mean, it's, it is totally dangerous in some eyes, but it's taught with trust in themselves. And it's, it's start, it starts with really like very, um, instinctual animalistic things, jumping off waterfalls, skiing, dirt biking. Now we've taken my kids off out of dirt biking because we've had some wrecks. Like I drew, I draw a line, right. Mm -hmm. But they are so fearless. And there was a really pivotal point. This happened a long time ago, actually. Um, even before, I don't know, I, I was in my spiritual awakening, but it was at the beginning and my daughter was young, like maybe five. And she just hauled ass down the ski mountain. And Jeff was showing me, my husband was showing me a video of her after, and I was laying next to her and she was so proud and I was dying, literally dying. She is flying down this huge ass mountain. And there is a huge drop off at the end. And I am terrified. I'm so mad at Jeff at this point. Mm -hmm. I'm so, and I'm literally looking at her and I'm acting out and I'm literally just, my trauma is showing, right? <laughs> this is a mom's instinct, right? And she's like, mom, you're making me scared. Uh, mom, I wasn't scared before. I'm like, Reagan, how come you're not afraid of this? She goes, I don't know. Because uh, there is not an answer. When, when you just trust yourself, there is not an answer. Maybe in like the English language. And it taught me a lot that day to stop putting my trauma or my conditioning on my kids and just trust them. Um, and that goes with their creativity and their messy mother effing rooms and, you know, and also their design and also their astrology and also honoring that my manifesting generator son is going to be all over the place with his activities. And my daughter as a projector, she needs to be invited and she's going to want to rest more. Um, and I'm not a man. I have messed up a lot in motherhood, but the one thing I can learn and teach is to let them be wild and let them act like, let them act crazy in society. Like do not let them conform. Um, I used to be embarrassed a lot of my kids. Mm -hmm. And that was another reason why I had to like, let go of that because society wants us to all be robots. And if I'm literally going to teach women to come back to themselves, I better be able to let my kids do the same. Yeah. I believe that like, Ooh, I mean, that's man, that definitely hits hard. Is like, was it them in public you were embarrassed or what? Yeah. I mean, Oh my gosh. Craziest story. I'm going on all these stories. We have time for stories. Yeah, we're here. We're okay. storying. Um, yeah. Like even them wearing their own clothes, not wearing jackets during the winter time. My son Baylor, oh, he is so tender and it's actually wild. At one point this was back, I have a blog post about it in the hashtag act like Baylor because it was a whole phenomenon, but we were at Cubby's this restaurant and he was swinging on the things we we're standing in line and just like so up close to this guy. And it was so embarrassing. I wanted him to sit, sit still so badly in line. Right. And he wouldn't sit still. And he kept bumping up to this kid and he kept looking at his jacket and staring at him. And what did I want to do? Stop staring, Baylor. Stop staring. And he tugged on the kid's jacket and he said, I really like your jacket. I think it's really cool. And he said, oh my gosh, thank you. His name's Tony. And we get up to the front of the line and Tony buys our dinner and asks us to sit with him. And he begins to tell me, well, we sit with dinner. We, we sit with him. We talk. Baylor's loving it because he can be wild. And at this point, I'm like, I give it to God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, 
I get back home, we become Facebook friends and he DMs me and he says, that was going to be my last meal. Like I can't make this up. That was going to be my last meal and Baylor saved my life. And I ended up doing a whole fundraiser for him on my Instagram. We ended up raising like $24,000 and we became good friends. And who am I to try to diminish? Because the whole point, the whole point of this life is to come back to that child, to be in that state or at least to uh, experience that essence. Who am I as a mother to tell him to be quiet, right? Or to tell him to not move as he's literally like regulating his nervous system yeah. by doing so, right? Um, I te- my, my kids have been one of my biggest teachers consistently over and over, yeah. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I mean, that's definitely, I mean, me and my partner, right? Like, I mean, we have conversations all the time about stuff like this, because it's like nice to ideally talk about like, our kids are going to be this and this, you know, we're going to do it this way. And it's like, I know that it's great at that point. But even like this morning, I was like feeding him breakfast or whatever. And it's like in my adult brain, you know, it's like, all right, let's get it done and get your food. And like, I want to get on with my day. But then like he chooses to go slower and just like, just enjoy, you know, and even just something like that, just like what you said. I love the example of what your daughter said about mom, you're making me scared. Because that really is so much of fear, right? Is like fear is genetic fear is projected it's your parents it's societies it's like it's all passed on and like i know we have some in ourselves too but like when some people say like fear is learned and i think it's a mix i think it's it is passed on it's like innate in us to be afraid but also what you said about like not having the prefrontal cortex so like that part of us isn't developed so it's like we are naturally just more fearless and i think that's just so beautiful and like what you said about coming back to the childlike self more um just because i feel like i'm curious what you would say is like is that just because that's like we're actually more us i imagine that's like before the programming it's just ironic a lot of us in this healing journey right of like we were ourselves we were not ourselves and now we have to go back to to find that and to remember and so do you feel like is that why just because we are more naturally ourselves as children most you know at least at the beginning yeah so it takes this is in all esoteric teachings as far as chakras and human design. Um, it takes seven years to condition someone. So it's in those seven years where you're literally just in your divine essence of who you are. And it's not about completely always deconditioning because that's not possible because we live in this world where we're consistently, if we're 15 feet within someone else's aura, we're going to be conditioned. But I think the essence of childhood is joy. And if you see children, they will like jump off a slide and split their chin open in the next second laughing, right? They know how to move through the dark and the light so effortlessly. And we love to attach stories, especially with fear. So this is interesting too, because, you know, okay, so we have our uh, amygdala, we have our fight or flight, right? And then our prefrontal cortex isn't developed to put a story to that. But then as we're older, we still equate the fear that we feel with the fear that we feel as a child. So I wonder, this is this is literally just downloading right now as I'm talking to you, because I talk a lot to my clients about fear because almost every single one of them before they sign up for something with me, they get scared. Always. Always. So I wonder if that's like really the root of fear why fear is just this one ball of confusion rather than like a couple separate pieces. 
because we're so used to just the fight or flight, I'm going to get eaten by the bear fear. Like that's all we know as a child. That's all we know how to equate it to. And so as an adult, we're never told, okay, here's your next class into adulthood. Okay. Here's the next development of your brain. Now there's actually different kinds of fears and you don't have to fear them. They're actually signposts and you're, you're not going to get eaten if you feel fear to sign up for something that's going to change your life. You know, it's just our brain keeping us safe, but we don't understand that there's actually multi, you know, compartments in that. For sure. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely on a, on a physical level, that's definitely what it is. Right. It's like, it feels, feels like death. And it's like, you don't, it's like, I am afraid of like posting photos of my belly, even though Mm -hmm. I feel called to do it. And it's Mm -hmm. like, and then this feeling that I feel subconsciously, literally like people's opinions and criticisms actually feel like a threat. And that's mm-hmm. what most people don't realize, right? Is when your amygdala and the part in your brain that, you know, regulates fear, sends, you know, adrenaline and cortisol throughout your body mm-hmm. is there to actually protect you from death. Mm-hmm. And we don't have like, it's all process, all or 95% of it is processing subconsciously. So yeah, it's like when you feel something in adulthood, it's like, we don't know, like in real time, we're not processing Oh, mm-hmm. like this actually feels like, like my body is actually feeling its existence is being threatened. And like mm-hmm. our first um, primal, like our first job as humans is to survive because mm-hmm. we're a living organism. And so to make sure we stay alive, that's what fear is there for. Mm-hmm. But we don't think about it like, oh, I'm afraid of what people are going to think about me or being seen or being judged or whatever. So it's like, yeah, like literally it feels like death. And that's why ego deaths are also feel like I that. Think, yeah. <laughs> and it's what keeps us alive, yep. staying the same, right? If yeah. we stay the same, we are, we are absolutely going to stay alive. Now, will we be living? No, but that's why so many people just stay alive are literally just staying alive because survive. yeah, they're like, I'm just going to survive because I'm so scared of dying yes. when they don't realize that death actually is never a real thing. Our spirit will always live on. Right. But the death process in this physical body only rebirths you stronger, bigger, better. Right. Um, and that's the, tr- the, the thing I try to explain to my clients and my community is there's a difference between fear because you're going to get eaten by a bear and a fear because your body doesn't know what's happening next. And it's a signpost. It's actually the best signpost you could ever give yourself to be like, I'm scared because I don't know what's on the other side. Mm -hmm. So do it because I promise you your body. So I feel like fear is literally the way there's two roads and they both fear. And I'm like, that doesn't actually feel scary. Like going to a play date doesn't actually feel scary, but doing this ayahuasca retreat in Peru terrifies me. Going to what doesn't feel scary? Like a play date. Oh, okay. Okay. Like a play date with another mom. It actually does feel scary, like social anxiety a little bit, (laughs) but what feels scarier actually feels my, like my signpost. And I had huge pivotal moments this last year for that. And they were the most life-changing experiences of my life. Can you share those? Yeah. One, yeah. One was burning man. I was so scared. (laughs) Which is so funny because my friend was like, why are you so afraid to have fun, Sadie? Mm-hmm. And I I just I just was so scared. I was afraid of the unknown. I was afraid of what was going to be out there for me. I was afraid of what was going to happen. I, I actually can't even pinpoint as to why I was so afraid. But I also know that I, 
if there's one thing that I love, it's going to the depths and, and healing and feeling shitty and finding, um, finding evolution through that. I don't evolve through pleasure as easily. And that is a trauma bond that I've realized over the last year. Mm. It's easier for me. It's an easier excuse. If I'm going to leave my kids, it's better be hard. Mm. If I'm going to take time out of my life to heal, it better hurt. Right. And that was the the um, story I told myself. And so for me to invest so much time and money away from my family and business to go dance in the desert, half naked, felt scary. And I healed so much out there and I found my inner child. And it was like, this is actually so much more fun to heal this way. <laughs> yeah. Right. But I was so afraid. I was also afraid of a lot of judgment too. It was like a whole death for me, a death of, and, and I wasn't even going to post that I did it, that I went and I ended up posting a couple times and they were really controversial. I did a whole poem about it. I'll have to, you'll have to go and look at it. It was like, um, they tell me to be a good mother. And then I went on to say, and it looks like this, wear this, do this, say this, but what if I'm going to be a good mother while doing it this way, while dancing freely, by letting my kids do what they want, by seeing fear and saying yes, teaching my kids to do the same. And it's completely and totally changed my life Hmm. and allowed me to just think bigger, live bigger. Yeah. Okay. This feels so good. So I definitely want to explore this. And I feel like why some people, why that obviously people get triggered by their own projections, right. And their own fear. It's not actually about you. And, and I think also it's like the examples that we have of like these crazy moms going out and like partying or going on drugs or whatever. Right. Is like those examples, they were actually were running from something. Yeah. Right. Of like, I'm assuming, right. But most of the time it's like, they are running from their own trauma, their own hurt and own responsibility. Mm -hmm. You were actually leaning into it, which is Mm -hmm. just, it doesn't, it's not perceived that way. So I just want to point out that difference. So I feel called to ask. So, because you said you weren't able to identify like all the different fears that were like coming up, like judgment, and like your attachment to suffering, which is such a thing. Like I resonate mm-hmm. with that. So many other people resonate with that. I wrote something down earlier this week and I said, it's literally right in front of me because I've just wanted to like write it down and talk about it. Most people choose pain and suffering because it feels familiar. Peace, pleasure, and joy will feel unsafe when fear and anxiety are your quote unquote normal state of being. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So why, what is the story? Like, why can't you have fun? Well, it's interesting that Burning Man showed up in my life last year because earlier that spring, I launched Simply Sensual. And Simply Sensual is all about honoring and allowing ourselves to full pleasure. And I hate to like be the person to say this, but quite literally, we were never taught, taught to have pleasure. We were never taught to that it was okay. Specifically me, self-pleasure was not something that was invited. In fact, I am a labor and delivery registered nurse and not... And one spot in my education was I taught about the clitoris, which is has 8,000 nerve endings, three times more than um, a man's penis, right? And yet we're not taught that. We're not taught that as a society. Um, I mean, I forgot what your question was, but that was tying into the point of what was it specifically? Oh, yeah. I just don't think we're taught it. 
Um, I don't think it's like, why can't I, I just don't think it, I think the question is like, why am I not allowing myself to, mm. right? And, and I feel like suffering is something that is consistent, you know, when you want to, in religion, if you want to become better, you have to suffer for your sins, right? So it's so interesting how fun is seen as evil when it's really the way to unlock who we are. And, and I understand because there's a lot of accountability that has to be put there. So the first thing I do when I open up the coaching container for Simply Sensual is I talk about radical sovereign accountability. And where this is and how this is, is explained is sovereignty is free. I have it tattooed on my hand right here. Mm. And it literally means that you are whole as you are, just as a human, who you are. And because of that, there's accountability that has to be there. And you have to be so accountable for who you are or else you're going to fall into victimhood. So victimhood's really easy. And people have demonized fun with their victimhood. So they've allowed themselves to like just have fun to escape or to do it like really unconsciously rather than just like having fun because you're alive, right? And healing that piece of you. Um, so there's definitely, you know, with with a conscious life comes obligation and the obligation is accountability. And I talk about in that, in Simply Central and also my other chakra course, I talk about how um, you can explore fun while also being um, accountable to yourself and to others. And it's unfortunate, this pattern that, you know, so many of us don't find this until we're older. And then we just get bitter and annoyed that we missed it out on it for so long that we just say, fuck everything. I'm just going to do it. And just, you know, when there is actually a healthy way to explore it. So when I say sovereign accountability, I literally mean in that four weeks of Simply Sensual, I wasn't even going to talk about Simply Sensual, but here we are in the four weeks. Don't change anything. Don't divorce anyone. Don't cut anybody out in your life. Go inward, please. Mm. One second. Do not burn bridges. Just go inward. Learn these different modalities. Learn these different healing techniques. Learn the pleasure within your body. And then we just are so used to burning. What happens with fear? We're so scared. Oh my gosh, we didn't know how to have fun. And now all of a sudden it's okay. We're going to burn everything to the ground then at that point. It doesn't have to be that way. Integrate. Take a damn second to allow yourself to integrate it. And then it can happen in more of a healthy way, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I love that too. So it's like for you was like, what did fun mean? Did it mean like it was less like was it wrong? Like, cause you said, why am I not allowing myself? Like what is fun and pleasure? Like usually equate to versus like suffering for something. Mm, yeah. I didn't mean healing. That's for sure. <sighs> right. And for me, I was like always broken. I was always trying to figure out, I was always trying to find a way to never be angry again, to never be sad again. I was in that spiritual, you know, with the blissness of your spirituality, I found the answers. I'm whole. Everyone's happy. A little bit of toxic positivity a few years back. And then I realized really quickly that that actually isn't the point. Um, we're supposed to always consistently have duality or else we would never grow. So now I'm so much, so much more grateful for those moments when I do feel it. Um, and I think that I, I don't think I had just allowed myself. And I think that that had a lot to do with not allowing that as a child either, just surviving with what I was handed, which was beautiful and also hard. Like all of us, we all have different kinds of streams of trauma. Um, and you know, even in my clients, I say do one childlike thing a day and like document it. 
And it's so healing. And it's our birthright to have pleasure. Literally, we were built with pleasure centers. So if we can understand that, so much healing has happened through pleasure just as much as with pain. And I'm so glad I'm past that. I'm like, thank God I went, (laughs) I understand now. (laughs) So I can move through it so much easier. Oh, it's so much easier that way. Well, there's literally, it's funny, more enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. And and easier in all the things. Um, And I'm, I wonder if this is, because I mean, I relate to that. I wonder if it's somewhat of a projector thing, like, Mm. And and maybe you had so many kids. I didn't have 14 kids. I had like, you know, five. And then my mm. parents were remarried. So seven kids in our family. But was it like, like for me, like I felt, I felt like I could have fun on my own, like mm. in my own bubble, like fun was acceptable. But then it was like, fun was like, almost like, I don't want to make people like feel bad, you know, mm. or because it was like, or show too much emotion because then it's like then things could come crashing down and stuff like that so i'm curious just because we do like so much alone time as projectors in our human design is it do you find like a connection with that of just and there's so many other kids and so much other like stimulation Mm -hmm. it's like you feel do you find like a connection like with that fun or like pleasure piece and then of course i mean mean, the religion for me too definitely had an impact on the pleasure piece yeah yeah i think there's a couple uh, of points to this. One being that we're very empathetic. Every, every human is. Um, depending on where your open centers are, you're going to have empathy and conditioning there. And so that's going to feel really overwhelming, especially as a child when you don't know how to what to do with it. Especially if you come from a, child, a family with not a lot of communication or um, you know self-awareness around unconscious thoughts and stuff like that. So that's the first piece. And then um, I definitely think that we live in a world or we used to live in a world where like being alone wasn't, wasn't celebrated. Yeah. Uh, community was celebrated, which I'm all for community, but it was like, where can we serve next? Who can we, what can we sacrifice next? What can we do next? Right. And so it wasn't like honoring the best thing I've done for me and my children is honoring that I need alone time. In fact, I'm on my moon now, but the first two days right before my moon, I actually sleep alone and I am alone for most of the time. Last night was the Super Bowl and I had my kids go with my my partner to a party and I was alone. And it's the best thing we can do. Everyone needs more alone time. But people are also scared of it too, right? Like stillness is scary for people. That's why the pandemic really threw people off because they had to be alone with themselves. And we don't know how to do that. We're consistently programmed to hear all this shit. I mean, hello, once we, when we feel alone, what do we do first? Immediately find, yep. you know, disconnected source of connection. Disconnected source of connection. <laughs> That's disconnected sources of connection. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I know, you're in the middle of your launch for sacred sacred rebels right now. Do you mind telling us like what that is, what inspired that? And I'm curious, just a theme or trend that you've already seen with people who are signing up Mm -hmm. of just maybe what surprised you about like what they're feeling or what they're being called to or like anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for asking. So sacred rebels has been something that I've been wanting to create for many, many years and never did because of the fear. Yeah. And, um, so I first became like a fitness instructor and then I had my spiritual awakening and became certified in like hypnotherapy and yoga. 
So a few years ago, probably around 2018, I remember thinking eventually my long-term goal is to create a coaching certification program, body, mind, and soul. And then in 2020, I found plant medicine and it saved our marriage amongst many other things. And in the specific, I, and then I began to apprentice with the shamans and in my specific ceremonies, we use the medicine wheel and we talk a lot about directions and the elements, earth, air, water, fire. Around that same time, I removed my IUD and I became really aware of my womb for the first time in my life. Mm. And it clicked. And I was like, this is what I'm supposed to be teaching. Elemental life coaching. So I created a whole program, a whole new certification, coaching certification. And I was still kind of playing with it. And I was at Simply Wild Backpacking. So I hold retreats and one of them is a backpacking retreat. It's so beautiful. And all of the girls there were entrepreneurs. So it's interesting how like, as I've leveled up, so have my clients, right? And all, as I've allowed myself to literally pierce through fear and allow it to show me my signposts and then keep pushing. Um, so of my community and they invited me as projectors. We love this. Mm. They said, when are you going to teach how you do, how you do what you do? Mm. And I was like, now it's time. So I was like, what do I call it? What do I call it? And I don't want it just to be, and it was going to, anyway, it was just like a whole creation process. And eventually I landed with sacred rebels because there's nothing more rebellious than coming home to yourself. There's nothing more rebellious then speaking your own medicine, then finding your medicine, sharing it with the world and trusting that it's special enough that it can change other people's lives and help others find it too. Because all of my clients, I've been doing one-on-one coaching for many years. And the premise of all of it is just to help them come back to themselves. And in business too, any entrepreneur, I don't care. Like just two years ago, I found success and it all came crashing down, right? Just because you own or have this huge amount of money doesn't mean that you're, you're home yet. Most of the yeah. time, what I've noticed with women entrepreneurs is they're heavy in their masculine. Um, so I call it Sacred Rebels and I created it, it to be 12 months and it's going to be a mastermind where I don't just teach them so they will become certified in elemental life coaching, which is earth, air, water, fire, body, mind, soul, womb. Wow. So I'm teaching, right? So stunning. And what's cool about the womb part too is now this particular one is just women, but I eventually can see it as men too, because men have a sacral space too. They have a womb space, energy space, creative portal. Um, And in that, I not, not just, I don't just teach about um, learning more about your womb, but also the masculine and feminine energetics within you. And then, um, yeah, I teach. So we're going to learn all about coming home to our bodies and somatics, breath work, yoga, hypnotherapy, meditation, gene keys, human design, astrology, and then our wombs. And then every other month I'm bringing the elemental energetics into business. So earth business, air business, water business, and fire business, which is foundational, your story, how to package it. And then the creative portal of how to stack your offers and everything from everything an, an entrepreneur would need to sharing your story to then getting it out into the world. Dang. Yeah. Off. I can tell how lit up you are about it, which I love, which makes sense. And then also I saw you talk about this and like, I looked at the sales page, but I didn't like l- look at it like heavily, but now hearing you talk about it, I'm like, Oh, this makes sense. Cause you were talking about how, like when you just were talking about, it, I'm like, 
so you're so the energy investment is like fifty five hundred dollars, right, for a full year. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what you just told me, I'm like, yeah, it's like quadruple that mm -hmm. at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I played around with charging fifteen grand, but and I have a I I've done this for thirteen years, so I have a very large audience, and they're used to buying for me. If we're going to talk about marketing energetics, really quickly, um, but just because I can charge it that much doesn't mean I necessarily should. And I just feel like, especially with this first year, I wanted it to be more accessible. And what's interesting, what I'm seeing to answer your question with these women is I'm seeing women in my community who don't have a business who are like, I want to do this. I want to learn this. And I had many people in my yoga teacher training back in 2017, take the training just because they wanted to learn more about yoga. And that's what sacred rebels is essentially. So I also see a lot of women on both sides. Like I know nothing about yoga. I know nothing about spirituality. Can I take it? And also women that are like herbologist. Mm -hmm. And what's cool is with the fluidity of the timeline, it gives people, it's just a slow burn because it doesn't, it takes time. I do not, I'm not a proponent for like make 10 K in two weeks. I mean, you can do it, but is that where we start really? You know? So I really feel um, grateful that I get to do what I do. And my prayer is to get enough sacred rebels in there that this is my focus for the year. And we can just create this together and I can focus on this on top of my other retreats. And yeah. I feel like you're already, aren't you? You've got to be close to it, aren't you? Yeah, I have like 60 rebels. Um, my, I guess I'm going to say this and speed out loud. I want 200 rebels in there. <laughs> hey, there we go. So say it, say it again, 200 rebels, the enrollment closes March 9th. So I'm speaking it. So if you're listening, go check it out. It'll be in the show notes. What, when you talk about 200 rebels, what makes you nervous about that to say it? Hmm. Um, okay. A couple things, judgment on how much that means that I will make and, mm. and the fear that it won't actually happen. Can I, do you want me to ask more questions about it? Yeah, I love it. Let's do it. Therapize me. Fear fear guy, let's do it. Did you say ther therapize? Therapize. I just made that up. I don't even know if that's a word. Fear guys, fear eyes. Um, because I wonder, so I wonder how this is all connected. So you were talking about when you were talking um about sacred rebels, the fear that came up with it, and then the two hundred. So what was, if you don't mind connecting, like is it so when you were creating sacred rebels let's just start here for a minute what was the fear like while you were just creating it the initial fear was that it was new and no one would sign up because i do this thing where i'm consistently finding a new edge and it's like i know my other courses will sell but i just keep putting out new ones <laughs> and there's a fear there because it's new and so my fear was that nobody will feel called like it feels too complex or it's too big or because it's it's a brand new, like it's 2023 and I'm putting out a new life coaching certification program for the love. Right. Yeah. So it's like, people won't get it. Um, too complex. Yeah. People won't get it. It's too complex. People won't sign up or like, what yep, are you people, really worried about? People won't sign up. Yeah. Because this is like, my husband works for me now. Right. We work together as a team. So I'm kind of putting, and it's taking so much energy as a projector, you know, yes. and I'm like, this is it. This is this is what I want to focus on. This well, is that's what you just said, right? Is like 200 and just so I focus on this. 
it's I know like it really is like this is the thing for the year <laughs> but if you guys go and look if you're new or if you haven't looked put it all on the line I mean that's how it felt right the marketing content the everything I'm like I'm going all in so this is actually it's just so funny Sadie like I have a feeling this is gonna be it and I love it. so tell me about the all-in piece that's actually what I was literally gonna ask you when you talk about all-in like what does that actually mean like what are you putting all in or all on the line um okay I know where we're going um investing in it right finances time energy um I mean we're going down to the basics of like my family's well-being and our income mm -hmm. I'm putting it all on the line what else are you putting on the line um, my reputation, um, in my expertise. Way? Sorry, keep going. What was that for uh, reputation? Uh, my expertise. Mm. Um, I'm literally telling people like I can teach you how to make a successful business. I'm literally claiming that I can help them find their medicine. Yep. And I'm and I've done this with clients for many many years, but I've never done this in a group container. Yeah, and much so more vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And all the marketing content's really vulnerable. Like I just have been like, okay, here we go. You're exposed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No more, no more getting a million certifications. Now I get to certify. And that's like, takes another level of like really deep bravery. I feel like. Mm -hmm. So if people don't sign up, if, I mean, rightfully so, right? Like another way you could just ask this question is like, actually, I'm curious. This is quite a vulnerable question. So you any question I'm here for it. I'm here for it. You can always pass. Are you are you all in? Yes or no? Yes. Oh, there we go. So what are you worried about then? Yeah. What's funny is I have 55, 60 rebels. I write their name on the wall. I'll show you. I saw you do that. It was so cool. I'm like, I'm gonna take that idea. I love it. <laughs> I usually do post-it notes, but it felt good to just like sharpie it up. And with every single one. It's been, I've been so grateful. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's working. This is how I do everything I do. With my retreats that have been terrifying, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is working. And I just, one step in front of the other, I I'm keep just going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's not like it's not been successful. It already is, right? I'm already there. It's already here. Creation's already happened. The work's done. And, you know, in a spiritual coaching space, people are like, masturbate your way to success and abundance. Okay. I just went there because it does happen, which I'm not saying that that you shouldn't do that because obviously like sexual energy is super potent. However, they miss the masculine energetics and through the fear I've pushed through that and created incredible copy. I'm going to toot my own horn. Is that what you're wanting me to do? I'm not, <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm just here to, I'm along for the discovery just as much as you are. Okay. <laughs> And anyway, just done everything to be, no, I've already done it. Right. And that's what you, I mean, I could be really fearful if I hadn't created a landing page or if I hadn't created content or if I hadn't already created what I'm going to put these women through. Yeah. So it's like, what has prevented you from going all in? Well, I feel like I'm already all in. Correct. So like, I'm just curious, like what okay. leading like in the past? Point, yeah. Like up until this okay, point, okay. I imagine you were thinking about it. You were dabbling. Yeah. Yeah. It was like preventing you from like, because what I've noticed is like, if you're 99% committed, you're actually not committed. Yeah. 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 I think, um, I think before I wasn't all in because I wasn't ready. Right. I needed that womb piece. And then, and then after that, 
once I was all in, I had to remove like other distractions. Like I didn't open up, like I'm taking no one-on-one clients right now. Mm. And I removed, like I haven't opened up a coaching container for since like October. So, I mean, I've been in creation portal mode for like four or five months and that's really vulnerable, right? Because yeah, it's like, it's the risk. Yeah. Um, But even just doing that and saying, I trust this, that's... I just have to keep trusting, even with all these women. I just, I, okay. So I, here's another piece. This is really interesting. This is coming up. I have to trust that what I desire is okay. Mm. Right? Cause there's a fear in me a little bit that I'm like, why do I want, why do I need 200? Um, a fear of looking pretentious or that like lack of gratitude maybe. Um, but that just was the number that came to me. I just had a feeling. Yeah. I love that. So it's like, I mean, you you already said this, like it already is working. It's already successful. Mm-hmm. And so, and what, what you mentioned about like honoring your desire of like 200 and it feels like it's coming from the heart, right? Is like, but if you don't hit 200, what does that even mean? Like, what would your fear mind say? Yeah. I've played with this a lot actually, <laughs> which is really interesting because it kind of messes with my brain. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful if I make it. I'm also really grateful now. Um, and that feels really good too. I feel really grateful for the 60 women that are on there. Um, so, so what else does it symbolize to you? Like if I don't make it. Yeah. Okay. So there's this belief that if I don't hit 200, it's cause I wasn't ready to hold that space. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure if that's like me, just like me being my own coach and being like, it's okay. <laughs> cause that's a little bit like a shot to the heart. Cause I'm like, no, I've prepared my whole life for this. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So yeah, like, like just, I mean, I, just so you know, I resonate heavily with this. So yeah, and it's like that last statement you just said of like, I prepared my whole life for this. Yeah. So what, right? Like what meaning are you putting on the 200? Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Your which, whole life, which is what? Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, which is funny because when I take the 200 out and I look at every single woman, cause I do, I write every single woman down and I look at her and I pray over her and I thank her. I'm grateful for every single one. So really the number doesn't even matter at that point. It's like the creation's already here. I already did it. Yeah. So I need to not, I don't need to do anything, but it would be more <laughs> healthy. <laughs> it would be healthier for me to not say, oh, it's only, it's only, you can only hold that much. Right. Cause that just doesn't feel good either. I mean, what if you got 199? How would that feel? Oh my gosh. So good. I'd feel so elated. I've been elated every every single human. I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, this is so beautiful. I've never done an, a year-long container before, um, but my one-on-one coaching is much pricier than that, right? But it's just new. It's brand new. People are like, what is this? And it's a big commitment. So I've been, I really have been so grateful for every single one. Yeah. So you are, right? I feel like there's this, like we already talked about duality, but there's this quote, even like, you can't feel, what is it? fear if you're grateful or something like that right like which is i don't mm-hmm. think it's true is like you can oscillate between mm-hmm. i'm so grateful and also uh like what yeah. what if and it's like no it's like we're completely going to be like be dancing in that so it's like i know you're grateful but what if like so we talked about like the the life thing like that's a big weight and like the responsibility so like i know you're grateful but what like like what is that piece right that's like the meaning that you're putting on 200 yeah too much of it probably too much what? Too much weight. Yeah. So if you so if you reach 200, like in your mind, what would like what would you say 
would you receive? Like, how would you feel? What does it mean about you? I am blank if I had 200. Yeah, I feel like I am, I feel like I'm almost there with these women already. Um, and I see exactly where you're going, but it's like, okay, then I can like settle and I mm-hmm. can just focus on this all year and yeah. I can let go of showing up on social media. Yep. I can, I mean, it's really like a whole nervous system thing, yeah. which is interesting because it's like, I've consistently been like, no, you're safe. No, you're safe. Go do your cold plunge, take your breaths, move your body. This is good. We're doing it. Here we are. But it is, this creation has been a consistent reminder that I can push through the fear for sure. Mm-hmm. Do you mind if I, do you want me to keep going? Yeah. I'm, am I answering them correctly? <laughs> there is no, see, that's the I thing. I know there's there not. No we're just I remembering know. together. Like, okay. I mean, yeah, you keep going. yourself more than I'm coaching you. I'm just asking I'm your client. I'm here. <laughs> you be the vessel. Just because, yeah, I'm, like I know this is not only helpful potentially for you, but so many other people, sure. like myself included. So I just want to shout that out and I appreciate you for doing this. Like, this is very much not a normal thing that people do on a podcast, right? Of like, let me go through a very real time emotion that people could potentially be listening to that I want to sign up for this thing. But then I'm talking about how I'm afraid of that. If they won't sign up, it's like this. Completely I know. Thing. <laughs> you know, what's interesting about this though, is I hope that this shows, first of all, I, I do not want my coach or client to be someone who is perfect. and doesn't have fear. That's yeah. so ir- irrational. And also I've lived through the depths of it. And that's why I'm such a good cl- a coach. I just am because I'm not afraid to do this. Uh-huh. And I'm, I mean, as far as, I don't know what term like coin success, we own a three acre farm. We have horses and chickens. My husband and I have forged through divorce and come back and all these things, not officially divorced, but, and we, you know, have a million dollar business and I still feel fear. That's the point. Yep. Right. So I, I, I completely understand this. In fact, Glennon Doyle just came out that she struggles with the mental illness of anorexia. Imagine for just one second, if we would, if we heard that and been like, I, I hated untamed, forget that. I love untamed. I love it. And I love it that she was able to write that and still be human. I mean, I don't love that. She's suffering with that. I give her prayer, but we're all human. Right. And that's all that matters. So keep going. That was a tangent. Sorry. (laughs) Thank you. Like, again, just to like, yes. I concur. I won't go much deeper into it just because I completely agree with you. So it's, and so you mentioned this, of I feel like that's a big piece of, um, you said, then I can relax. Yep. Yep. 100%. Because I have things to do. I have posts to write. I have, I got to get my name out there. People need to see this. People need to see that I'm excited about this. People need to be under, like they need to understand it. Yeah. So there's thing for me to do so right if once you reach 200 then you can relax relax why because i hit my goal which is so funny because it's like well what's relaxing because then i have an entire year of coaching that i love to do but i get to focus on that and that's like what are you feels like go ahead i was just gonna say it just feels like i i don't want to be doing this but i think that this is gonna be really vulnerable but i'd be shocked if like all coaches didn't feel this way. <clears throat> I just want to make sure every woman that's supposed to be in there is in there. So I want to make sure that I'm speaking loud enough for women to know, because I know 
Like I, like I put my whole life on the line. <laughs> I know that this is a life-changing mastermind. Exactly. So if 200 people don't sign up, what does that actually mean? Is it not actually life-changing? What is your yeah, fear saying? I mean, I mean, I have, I understand what you're saying. And I could see why you would think that my mind would think that because I'm saying the opposite <laughs> or the, I'm literally saying those things to make it so my mind goes there. But obviously it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean what? It doesn't mean that my life isn't for, is for nothing. It doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean the opposite of what I'm saying it means, right? <laughs> this is so fun. <laughs> I love like we're just completely just rolling with it. So it's like, I mean, you didn't, I didn't say life is for nothing. I mean, is that what you actually, like, will you touch on that? Well, so that's the opposite of it's for my whole life, right? So if I put my whole life, I mean, that seems extreme. Like, do I actually believe that? Probably not. But I'm that's just trying, what we're getting, to, but, right, but that's where like, we're getting. Yeah. 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 Obviously. But yeah, the opposite of that is that it, what was all this for? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Which is interesting because, um, you know, that's what I teach my clients. Are you kidding me? If my, if my client put out a mastermind like this and she had one person sign up, I would be ecstatic for her. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier this very much easier. right, to do it for our clients and ourselves. And you know, you don't believe that, right? You know, I mean, like you said, for like, sure, everyone can hear like Sadie's an amazing coach. She's answering the question. She's like, Ben, I see what you're trying to do. Yeah. She, she but knows. I'm going there anyway, because I'm like, okay, if I was to go there subconsciously and I was to think something that was kind of false, here's what I'm going to do. So this is what I'm doing here. I'm like, because here's the thing. I do this every full moon anyway. I'm going in there and I'm thinking, what are my false beliefs? Even if I don't actually believe them, you don't know that you don't believe them unless you speak them anyway. Correct. But they're taking up so much mental space in your mind that you can't even begin to put in something else. This is what I do at the beginning of any of my courses. We have to pull out the fear, even if it doesn't make sense. Brain dumping. Whoa, I didn't know. Why did I just write, right? Do I actually believe that my whole life? No. This is just another beautiful offering that I'm giving my, my, my people. Exactly. Yeah. So like what part of, what part of your brain wants to like, why can it feel relaxed once it's like, ah, oh, I did it. Yeah. Because I am teetering a little bit. It's better. It's gotten better. Um, but there will be moments where I get like a tinge of anxiety or fear. Um, I'd be very interested if you didn't feel that. Yeah. You mean you'd be very like concerned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so are you asking me what happens? Like, what am I fearing when I do feel fear? No. So like, so I feel like there's something, there's something big with the relaxing piece. Okay. Okay. So, so with you trying to like you, I mean, so many of us are like this. I'm like this, right. Of like, if I just hit this, then I can relax. Cause then it's like, then I, I can, know. right. I have the rest of the year. I I've put so much work into this. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you trying? Like, even potentially trying to avoid by like, if I only have to focus on this, like if there's nothing else, if I just hit this, then I can, I can relax. So I think I'm trying to avoid, I'm trying to avoid burnout. I'm trying to avoid hustle culture. I'm trying to avoid, like I lived that life. I was addicted to Adderall. I did the, the caffeine and it just ruined my adrenals. It ruined my body. And now I'm like, nope, this is how I'm going to run my business. And it works because I'm in my flow as a projector. And I literally feel like I can 
bring people out of their feminine or out of their masculine and back into their feminine with their business. Um, so if, so that's yeah, that's what I get. Meaning. So like, so you can relax as far as like, so you're trying to avoid burnout. So yeah. it's like, so if I relax, then I get, then, then I get to, um, then I get to be like a present mom and also really thrive in my business and also have time to explore an adventure. Amazing. So trying to get me to a point. Are you, I was just going to say, are you trying to get me to a point where I'm saying I'm, tr- I'm controlling it too much? <laughs> I'm like literally Sadie. I promise this is so funny. Cause like, I don't think I've ever asked these questions to like a coach like you. I don't think I've ever done this process like this. So I love how it's like, what are you trying oh, to get I'm me like, to? I'm I, like, I promise I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to like, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, no. But you know how sometimes with your clients, you can like see the pattern and you're getting yeah. a pattern. So yeah. So you just said that, right? Like if I can relax, then what? Then I can be a more present mom. Mm-hmm. Then I can be a really focused mom. I, we can travel. We can literally live the life that we've created, which is, you know, farming and living in Kauai part-time and riding horses and, and working on putting my nonprofit foundation in my period underwear and serving more and, you know, all the things that, and resting and, you know, all those things. (laughs) For people who aren't watching, it's like, I love like Sadie's eyes are like, what are you thinking right now, Ben? What's your next question? Um, So, and I promise we're getting, we're getting close. This is just like a funny, vulnerable, like way to do this, but I appreciate it so much. It's like, so I feel like, so what you just said, right. That's what you're actually trying to get to. So it's like, yes. well, and then if you don't hit 200, then you can't do those things. Yeah. So it's interesting because all those things I mentioned, I've already, I'm already living it that exactly. way. Yeah. So why are you putting the pressure to relax once you hit 200? Because my mind told me I, I needed it and I have a completely open mind center and it really likes to try to control my body. <laughs> I'm completely open in my mind and I'm completely open in my throat. So it's been yeah, a really- like, And I know you know this, like this is what's so cool, right? Like, I know you can self-coach yourself all day. So it's like- But listen, as projectors, we're not supposed to see ourselves. So us trying to coach ourselves is so not beneficial. We are guides. We are, we literally learn about ourselves through the window of the other. Yep. So as we are the only design that aren't actually supposed to know who we are. And so I'm learning about, you're learning more about yourself, coaching me and vice versa. I know it's trippy. And that's, <laughs> I actually say, that's one of my favorite things to tell clients is like, I promise I'm getting just as much out of this as you yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm transforming with you. So this is good. This is why I will always have a mentor, specifically a projector mentor, because I can I can literally have all the degrees and all the certifications in the world, but I can't see holes sometimes. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like, so your mind, I mean, you know, all the things your mind is trying to, like, it comes up with a goal because it feels safe. It's trying to hit the mark or whatever. So you already mentioned, and I just want to rewind, rewind for people listening, right? It's like you you're already doing the things that you said you want to be doing, right? Is you are a good mom, you are relaxing, you do spend part-time in quiet, you do have a business. So like, what are you, so what is that? Like, what's the next level beneath that, right? Like if you're already doing it, then why are you trying to reach that? Yeah, I mean, because it was a, a goal that my mind said that I needed to have. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with a goal. I know you know this, right? It's like, goals are freaking awesome. Right. I mean, they, it's, you know, it's just like a, Hey, I'm going towards this thing, whether I hit it or not, that's awesome. But like, to me, what I've noticed is goals is like my, a 200 goal is a much different energy than like a 20 goal. 
Yeah. Right. If you said, I want to hit 20 people, that's, a you know, you can do that. Yeah. So the 200 goal is like, you're putting yourself on the, on the line. I love goals with edges because you and I are homies. So I'm like, give it to me. Exactly. But at what cost? Which is the burnout or what? Well, is that goal going to cost me my nervous system to shake? Is it going to cost me to feel like I haven't done enough with the already the 60 women, right? Exactly. So it's like, if you do stay with, with 60, right? It's like, does that actually mean you will not be able to relax? Oh, no. Like, I'm like, will you not be able to go quiet? Will you not be able to be a good mom? Yeah, no, I'm already there. It's almost like it's, it's, it's interesting because goals are interesting because I feel like it's kind of pushing me out of present. It's this duality of like pushing me out of present and also allowing me to continue to share because I want women to continue to hear it. Like the enrollment's still open. This ceremonial portal of launching, which truly it is, is, it is. Still open. Yeah. So it's like, do you feel like, I mean, I feel like you've already reached what you're trying to feel. Is there anything else you're trying to feel? Mm-mm. So what are you waiting for? Hmm. What am I waiting for? Probably just myself to tell me that I can rest. And what's interesting about this energy is I know if I can settle. So I, I know if I can settle into my feminine, I will open and my energy will actually call more people in. Correct. We know this. And so I've been like, Sadie, calm down, open, <laughs> open, open. They're already here. Oh. <laughs> You've done the work, you know? But there are just small moments. And like I said, I feel much like this is this is eased a lot as I've allowed these women every single time in. And I just feel so grateful. And I feel this and I've opened myself. But there's, I mean, if we're going to the depths of my vulnerability, there's still that moment where I'm like, just be open, but don't force it. Just trust it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I imagine like, we don't like, I could ask, keep asking questions for days. Right. And it's like, but at a certain point, I even I want people to know this too, of like, sometimes you don't have to go into the depths, right. Of like, and identify the belief and like reframe totally. it or remember totally. like sometimes like Sadie's already done the shit plenty of times. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I could have a belief, but honestly, it's like, I could just say like, Hey, this is not helpful for me to be in anxiety because what she just mentioned, right. Is like, once I trust and allow on ironically, that's when it yeah. will be more successful. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just going to say too, like launch is a vulnerable thing. So you're going to feel all that. Like it is any, in any kind of ceremony, you're going to have the ego death. You're going to have the moments of vulnerability. You're going to have that lifeline where you need to ask for your higher self, like talk about fear and rebirth. A launch will show all of those. It's, it's a consistent quantum leap every time I'm launched. So it's, it, like you said, you'd be concerned if I didn't feel those things. That's why like fear is such a blessing because I'm learning so much through this process, but it's nice to talk it out too in a vulnerable space and just be like, yeah, this is, cause this is what I'd be teaching my clients anyway. Like, and the, all these women, like this is normal to have this duality. It's not healthy though. <laughs> and I say that because I can literally feel when I um, feel dysregulated, my nervous system, I'm shaky. Um, so it's just a consistent remembering you know, using the tools that I'm teaching in it to help me get back to that. Yeah. And that's really my kind of underlying goal was like, hopefully to show like what you've already mentioned, right. Of like, like it's so important for not just everybody to have coaches, but for us, you know, to have guides and mentors and coaches. And it's, I think this is a beautiful example of you showing 
like showing up and allowing yourself to be seen in a way that most people won't because what people will usually show is like, I'm going to launch and I'm so confident that it's going to fill up. I'm going to reach my goal. Right. But for you to show like literally right now, say that you are in, you said you have 60 people signed up. You want to hit 200. That is a vulnerable thing to say. I'm not sure if I would say that. Right. As like, you're being real with numbers and for people to hear that it's like, no matter if your number is one and you want five or five and you want 20, whatever it may be. Right. Is like, I just appreciate you sharing that so much because it is like, this is what you're going to go through. Like in, in whatever capacity that you want to be a coach or a guide or just any leader type of leader or whatever is like exactly what you were displaying to us. And like in, in real time, and it's such a rare occurrence for us to see things in real time. I'm a huge fan on showing people what's happening in real time because usually it's like this thing happened 10 years ago and now I know it. It's like, mm-hmm. like, yes, cool. That story's awesome and helpful. And, but stuff in real time, yeah. that's what's really scary because you don't have it figured out yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just interesting because yeah, I mean, I could be completely fine with that, but I do think scary goals is what helps us grow and learn more. And so that's where I'm at. And amongst, you know, the other thing that's helped me with all this and helped me be vulnerable in real time is that I'm not going to be for everybody. And, and that's okay. And I literally really sunk into that when I was allowing pleasure back into my life Mm. because I don't need everybody and and not everybody that doesn't need me. Right. We aren't, we aren't, we shouldn't need anybody. We should just desire. So, um, if anything, this is the other thing too about this is what a blessing this is for me to do this real time because I know it's helping me release and relax. And if and I know that this is going to benefit not just me, but the women inside and also my ceremony, my container, my launch. Because mm-hmm. yeah, it's like, is really, it, and it is the duality, right? It's like that 200 goal is you're becoming someone new in that process, mm-hmm. right? We already mentioned it of like a 20 person goal you would not be feeling the same stretch and anxiety that you would now mm-hmm. but if you don't hit 200 right it's like it's not we know it's not the end of the world but at the same time and it's okay to feel disappointed but at the same time right is like you can relax now and if i don't want to want to put the energy out in the world that the whole ifs sometimes ifs are in this scenario sometimes the ifs are helpful a lot of people obviously do the what ifs and and like stick to them of like the what if bad something bad happens um but it's like yeah just to like echo the piece of like if you didn't feel nervous about 200 then i would say your goal is too small yeah yeah i think like well what's cool is this is the first full circle moment if people have made it this far (laughs) and are still with us fear is okay discomfort's okay like i wanted a goal that was really gonna push me yep it's a matter of me being able to regulate myself while I'm pushing myself. And that's mm-hmm. like really the medicine that I'm teaching myself this time. Um, I, love that. I mean, and there's so many too, so much with that because I did a whole pre-launch event and I'm launching period underwear tomorrow. So there's just so many pieces and it works for me because it lights me up. So it's, it's correct for me because it's benefiting me as an ego projector. And that's how I know it's right. And so I just have to, it just feels right after being in business for so long and blah, blah, blah. This is just like what feels really aligned, this goal. And I just feel really lucky and excited and so honored already to have all these women. Yeah. So so you would say it's already successful? 
100%. Yeah. I love that. And why can you relax now? Because it's already here. Mm. It's already here. It's like when I talked about the masculine, I think this is super important as a coach to talk about masculine energetics in a really powerful feminine way without the construct of time, without saying like in two weeks, I'm going to help you put a course together and you're going to launch and it's going to be great. And then you're going to be burnt out and you're not going to want to launch anything else for six six months, a year. Mm -hmm. I'm not playing that game. And I don't think anybody else should either because it's, and if, and if you're a manifesting generator, right. And you want to play that game, go find a manifesting generator coach or trust that a projector can help guide because they're penetrating and I'm so open that I can help understand the hiccups in your business and guide you in your own pace. Cause that's important too. Right. Yeah. So for you, and I know for other people listening, like so many people can relate to this. I know there's a lot of coaches or healers, guides, people that even just entrepreneurs, like yeah. so many of us, Sadie, right. Are waiting for something to happen before we feel something. Right. Mm. It's like, I will only, I will finally be happy. I will finally be successful when I hit this. And like what you, what you just told us, right. Is I can relax. I can do all these things when blank. So it's, so for you, if you could, and I know you do have the power. I know, you know, you have the power instead of like, I can relax when, what do you mm -hmm. want to believe instead? Yeah. Relaxing now. And it's a choice. It's a choice to continue to say, it's a choice for me to, to be, to trauma bond with the stress. Because we love, we love it. We love, especially in a launch to be so stressed. And oh my gosh, we have to do this now and this now instead of relax and open. And I get to choose that. Am I going to be a slave and, and, and pretend like I can't get back that DM by tomorrow that the woman is going to be so annoyed that I didn't send her the link, right? Two minutes after. No, mm. I'm going to, I actually get to choose if I'm going to go and sit down with my kids at dinner. And because this is literally what I'm teaching and creating anyway, yeah. this is the work of this new world. We're entering in a world of, of allowing ourselves to ease and settle into sharing our medicine. And there's a place for that. I mean, I feel like I've literally shown that by taking so much time to launch this. I actually learned that from you. How long is the launch period? Um, so I've been working on it since beginning of November. Well, like middle of October and I launched it with manifesting magic, which was an all day seminar. That was the pre-launch. And that was on January 28th, the year anniversary that Jeff left his job, which I thought was really cool. And, um, so January 28th and I, the enrollments is staying open till March 8th. And on Wednesday is the first call. So, right. Like that's what four or five weeks, five weeks, which is I like I really took it from months. you. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna do that next time. Like I love the feel of like a month. Like that yeah. just feels instead of like and I learned that in the one that I just got done with. Like it was the longest one I've done and I didn't feel stressed. Like there was still that fire underneath me, but I feel like this is happening for you too. Like it gave me it did give me time to relax. But in these processes, right, it's not just like um we're bringing some to the people. It's like we are actually becoming what we're going to teach in the process. Is that what you have found is like? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's because, because all of this too, this is the other fear of it is, um, and I've kind of worked on this for the couple of years, but like, will it even work? Yeah. Like, is this actually real? Because there's no other path. Like I'm not going down someone else's path. I'm doing down my own path and there's, I'm laying the bricks. Yes. And so I have to trust this is going to work. So you read the marketing books and they're like launch for a week. Yeah. Have an email sequence, 
make sure it says it's really, really quick. And there's, hi, there's like consistency, like a demand, it's demand and it's time. And so what happens is the women are like, oh my gosh, I have no time. I have no time. I have to do this. Mm -hmm. this (laughs) Where's dad? Okay. Do you want me to open this? I think this is your sister's Valentine's, but (laughs) this is my belt. Oh, okay. Perfect. So, but then in the past with long launches, it's felt like, oh, I have to do this for this long. I have to show up online for this long. But the difference with this one is it's exciting because I get to share more information and I have all of these beautiful ideas that I want to share and I have time for them, which feels really great. Um, And I wasn't as sure about that at the beginning. See, this is a deconditioning that we do, especially like I'm consistently deconditioning. So I hear all of this marketing stuff for the last Mm -hmm. years and I'm like, wait, what feels good? Oh, oh, let me help you. Yeah. I feel like that's fun dip. Get the fun dip. Let's go. (laughs) Okay. These are supposed to be for your Valentine's, but you can do that. Can you shut the door? I love you. Here, you take this with you. Okay. Okay. I won't tell Grace. Um, yeah, so this is a little bit of an experiment for me too, because this is going way too long, but also I'm launching a period underwear brand. Like this is massive. I was supposed to launch it six months ago, but we didn't get it in time. I'm like, why not throw that in there too? Uh So I was just literally laying in bed this morning thinking, holy shit, what the fuck am I doing? Mm -hmm. And I took a couple of days off of social media after I had this event. I put on a launch event too, because felt correct. And I'm like, that's okay. Cause there's space. And over the weekend, I had three more signups mm. and I just have to stay open. I don't have to, but I, I choose to stay open and I choose to trust that it's going to happen. And I have been the one cool thing about this, this is kind of going into marketing for your entrepreneurs, but I've been, um, slowly dripping this to my audience since the beginning. I told them the name sacred rebels at the very beginning. I started calling people sacred rebels I started and I've been talking about period underwear for years, ever since the creation started. So they've been with me. They've seen this. Um, they feel familiar with it already. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sadie, we've gone everywhere. Gosh. I love that you said it was going to be an hour. This has been so like, I. I mean, I know I thought it was it's nearly two hours. So thank you everyone for investing your time. I mean, I know that was helpful to listen to two projectors and to speak truth, ask questions. And I just to recap, I feel like what you said at the end of like, just like, because it felt good. I feel like, like the launch registration felt good, the or the registration period felt good, the launch event felt good. And like, that's how you know, right, as you can say, like, is this coming from a place of like, like an anxious um, needing to prove or scarcity or fear based mindset versus like, what other is this coming because from like a grounded like expansive like place and and i love like just even the talk about marketing because like there's all these books and like they work and stuff like that but at the same time is like you can do it your way like whatever feels good for you and i've definitely gone roundabout in all the ways of like doing the way and then like rebelling against the way and then like now coming to a point of like oh i can take whatever and like mold it into my way and also just echo again what you said of like we're it doesn't matter who you are like we're all paving our own way Mm -hmm. like that's the point of it and so what you said about the unknown piece of like what if it doesn't work that is literally the first question I used to ask all the time yeah it's like I only will do something if it works yeah 
And what changed for me was like, when I stopped, I just like, nope, like regardless of the result, I'm all in. Yeah. And that's when the magic happened. Yeah. And if there's one thing I can leave with everybody, it's that you don't have to understand why it feels good. Mm, yeah. Please stop trying to understand everything. We are not our minds. We're not ruled by our minds. Once we start allowing ourselves to follow what feels good, everything will change and your clients will come and you'll feel aligned in your business and you'll be able to be relaxed. Amen. <laughs> Thank you and so you much. Guys aren't already sold. <laughs> then just go relax a bit. Come back to it. There's time. There's space. Unless you're listening to this on March 7th at 11.59 p.m. And then you need to go sign up literally right now. <laughs> yes. I love it. Well, Sadie, thank you so much for like spending so much time with me. Is there, where can people connect with you? Um, I'll put everything in the show notes so people can go um, and check out Sacred Rebels. But what other do you want? What else do you want people to know and to check out? Yeah, my Instagram, Simply Sadie Jane. Um, and you can find my website with all my courses and product at simplywildgoods.com or simplycityjane.com. There I am. Amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you. And everybody, props to you for investing your time. We'll talk to you soon.